Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Namaste, my friends. Alec Vishal Rubin here to welcome you to the Yoga Revealed podcast. It brings me great honor to introduce the first yoga teacher that came into my life, Boulder, Colorado's very own, Richie Jai. And it's still, there was a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, through this practice, a lot of stuff coming up that told me I still had more work to do, and it was work. You know, nothing was super easy. It was very available, but not really easy to. It's not easy to transform yourself. Hear from Richie, who makes the asana fun and keeps the thread of yoga alive through each conversation he holds. Stay tuned as we dive into many topics regarding the lifestyle and inner dialogue found for our yogis all around. Thank you for tuning in to Yoga Revealed Podcast. It is a beautiful, boulder, sunny day, and I'm here outside, if you can't tell, with the incredible mountain landscape. You can hear the birds, you can hear the crickets, and you may hear the wind throughout the next hour. And I'm so grateful to be here on the podcast with someone who introduced me to yoga and really revealed the depth of yoga that is possible. Richie Jai is someone in my life who is far more than just a teacher. He's a beautiful brother and an incredible confidant that I I tap into multiple times in a week. And we like to talk about what Richie and I kind of channel as God speak. But I think Richie is someone who channels this uh, divine connection in every moment possible so Richie thank you for thank you bringing me to your fireplace outside of Boulder and sharing with us yoga it's a good fireplace (laughs) it's a good fireplace should have built a fire in it (laughs) well Richie for those who do not know you and don't know your story can you give us the synopsis of maybe pre-yoga during yoga and you know what brings us here today yeah um, I love this question when <clears throat> when we're given a chance to talk and it's like my turn. I'm like, okay, what do I tell you the story? 
uh, in the timeline of before yoga and then what was experienced and what became and how how that reflects on the experience now on the story so uh, in a linear fashion the story goes like this um, you know I think pre-yoga I was already predisposed to a wellness lifestyle through friends and family but you know just like any any young man coming up I, I dabbled with all sorts of things that could compromise health or immune system or or sanity even uh, be it foods and influences and through friendships and circles of influence and music and over over the course I, I was of course wanted a better way to live that would be less painful eventually and I think that's where yoga came in and it wasn't a direct answer it wasn't like well I have to go to yoga now uh, yoga was a very natural progression I was already practicing what I thought was yoga or yogic in different ways whether it was walking or meditations that were deep or could have been using certain plants to evoke a meditative state um, drums music singing something that's yogic or how I would say this is yoga this must be what yoga is about and then of course I was going to be led into the physical forms I'm very interested in physical movement and I came up with an uncle who introduced myself and and my brother to martial arts and martial arts is a fantastic way to get into the body and into the movement of energy in the body and <clears throat> how to illustrate that through a practice and refining movements and experiencing the movements uh, and then using the movements in a daily life how how can I keep my skeleton healthy how do I keep my muscles healthy how do I use energy efficiently through the course of a day so I'm not wasting energy and hopefully I'll become aware of my energy and how it's used when it's being used during my waking state. So yoga happened because I was looking for a healthy lifestyle and that seems to be high on the charts as yoga. And I eventually found myself showing up on the mat. Um, this is 12 years, 11 years ago. I had been to yoga classes, but it didn't really... It was just, a, you know, I had just been invited, so I showed up, and that was an experience, and I couldn't tell you whether it was very good or, or not. Um, but at one point, I definitely was invited to a weekend uh, situation of three days. We missed the Friday session. Saturday, we showed up. The teacher seemed very stern, and, you know, it might have helped that she was very good-looking <laughs> and stern. I don't know. I'm receptive to that. But, uh, you know, we had, we had come to standing on our mats and we were going to begin sequences, which now we know is Sun A. We were going to begin Sun A and I'm standing in Urdhvahasa Tadasana and it, like probably for 10 seconds, which seemed like a very long time, and I broke into a sweat. And I knew in that moment from the posturing, from the sweat, from how my mind started to attach to it that this was it. This was a good choice, and my, my pain that I had been experiencing, be it as a personality 
or as an incarnation or as someone's son or daughter, sister, brother, boyfriend. The me that had been was acknowledging that this was going to transform me into what I've been looking for, which is more. A more me, a different me, the real me, the me with, without as many problems or me without aloneness. I was looking for something. And that's not easy to describe, but there I was standing in Tadasana with my arms in the air and started to sweat. And we weren't even doing anything yet. It wasn't even a hot room. And I knew that this was going to take work. It was going to take work. This is going to be work. And it was going to be arduous. And it would be worth it. I could handle it. But anything was going to be better than what I had been experiencing, which was a lot of pain body experiences and a lot of aloneness in the world despite being in company with people I felt like a solitary creature I felt alone in the world I felt like I'd been outcast later to find out that has directly reflected in where Chiron the centaur uh, falls in my astrological chart Chiron is a comet that passes seven years or three years through our sky and is heavily influential and talks about uh in my case, because of my year date of birth, how I was ejected from my tribe to then go walk alone. And personally, it was to find a new tribe and a new home. And that actually happened because of yoga. I, I again had been walking around alone and wound up in a community of like-minded people with something I could study. I could be disciplined. I could practice, 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 practice eight limbs, not just third limb asana, and I could feel situated. I could feel like I'm in a good situation and have a ring of truth. So standing in Tadasana was really a ring of truth that I intuited was that I had arrived. I had mm. arrived at the beginning <laughs> of the next chapter. So that was my start. And it didn't take very long. I what I had made one friend who was outside of my primary circle and this person was very health-minded and was doing sitting meditations was listening to kirtan music compositions and playing them all the time and then again there was that ring of truth that I heard when I listened to this music I remember it from the past at different ages in my life hearing hearing this this singing it's a it's a Vedic chant or hymn if you will and I actually did know a lot of them um, you know I, I, I love beautiful things and I always found those to be rather pure in their nature and easy to absorb and let them help me adjust so this person was in a healthy lifestyle and, and it just helped me to further adjust in a healthy lifestyle and it wasn't very long after that weekend yoga class that I quit smoking anything and began focusing on a modified diet which was really a plant-based diet and um, and that worked out well it was a good purification method to have a discipline to eat very vibrant food and I started showing up to these different classes I made some other friends who were yoga teachers in Boulder and Denver and I would work all day and head to the evening class and then not long after I was going early morning 
to the first available class, 6 a.m. and an evening class. And I think I stepped through the door. So the door for me now was asana because it was readily available. It was asana and it was singing, chanting, kirtan, mantras because it could, uh, it could help me uh, continually through the day. I had something to look forward to when I get up. I had a way to get me to the destination through the day and to stay in the zone, the yoga zone of chanting, meditation, mm. and physical practice, and then lots of time in the kitchen to prepare those foods. And um, a transformation did occur. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you. That little synopsis. So, you know, in the moments when you reemerged into a new tribe, this is an interesting question that just came up out of nowhere. Was there ever a point in this new integration of yoga where you were like, ah, I don't feel like I want to practice. I don't feel like I need to practice. I'm going to stop practicing. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think within a, about, I don't know, a year... A year and a half from that first first Sunday on the mat officially in this chapter, I was already practicing twice a day. I was already doing very well. I was in a transformation and I was proud of it. I was happy to be situated. And I'm not saying that in my in my life previous to this that I had no discipline, that I had no contact with spiritual um, motivators and with religious upbringing, I did, but I needed this hmm. because I'm afraid of falling backwards into my old habits, into my old grooves, if you will. So to me, I was deeply motivated to not go backwards. Hmm. And to not relapse into addictions and into different modes of suffering. So mm. very motivated to show up and to keep a good attitude and, you know, monitor thoughts and speech forms and relationships. And, and it's still there was a lot of stuff coming up uh, through this practice, a lot of stuff coming up that told me I still had more work to do. Mm. And it was work, you know, nothing was super easy it was very available but not really easy to mm. it's not easy to transform yourself and we yeah it's not easy to transform yourself so what was the question <laughs> <laughs> you knew that this was your dharma yeah okay so a year and a half in i was asked to start teaching at the good karma center in netherland colorado which is a small yoga studio had some expert senior teachers and one day, one of them couldn't get up the, up the canyon from Boulder to teach, and she called me and said, you got to teach my class. And I was like, what? Are you kidding? No, I can't do that. I, you know, No, you can. You're, you're, you're great. Go for it. And so I started teaching, and actually they hired me um, about a week later, and hmm. I had classes on the schedule. Hmm. So because... <laughs> Now I'm a yoga teacher and student. I'm always at the studio every day. Mm. Not all day, but over and over, it's home base. Just like going home or going to bed, going to the yoga studio became a home base. So it was very difficult to say, no, I'm not going to practice today. 
another thing that occurred to answer your question is the persona of yoga teacher gave me a responsibility to practice today. Mm. I felt that if I practiced today, I would be worthy to teach today. And that if I did not practice today, I might be falsely representing to the students. Yeah. So maybe it, and I still feel that way. <laughs> um, this is a long time later, but I think I practice every day. There might be one day a week that, that I, I don't practice physical sequences. Right. Yet my life had become these sequences anyways. I wake up and I don't even have thoughts yet. I hear mantras right away. Mm. They're so embedded in my psyche and in my cellular body. That's the first thing that I hear, which is fine because the next thing I hear is is grumbling <laughs> and murmuring to myself that I don't want to get up yeah. and start the day. But I'm fortunate. So, yes, it, I would say it worked. Um, I would say that a transformation process occurred and a medicine occurred, but it's even better than that because... It was there the whole time. Mm. I didn't actually do anything except <laughs> trace or outline something that was already there. I traced it so many times my pen went right through the paper. I practiced so many times I wore out yoga mats. I practiced so many times I wore out malas. The mm. beads just break off because they're 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 spent. You know they mm. chant until those things start smoking and blow into pieces like. And that was all to like save myself. That was all because I was afraid of falling backwards. Wow. I had no idea where it was going. Hmm. Right? There wasn't an aspiration to become a great health guru, to be a spiritual leader, to be a community um, hub. Hmm. But those things, <laughs> if we're putting titles on things, those things became a byproduct hmm. of the practice. Really, all I did was I made sure that I was safe for myself and others, and I wasn't going to screw up anymore hmm. and get in trouble. So you kind of spoke a little bit about it, but what is the evolution of an asana-based practice, or how does our yoga move forward from just practicing asana today? Say it again. How are we practicing yoga in a different form besides the asana oh it's it's all day um so note okay so let's relate asana off the mat if am i still doing asanas if i'm doing body movements yes i use my hands i'm i'm a craftsman so i, I work with my hands i have to notice my foot positions my hips my shoulders my spine I notice my rate of breath, am I breathing or not breathing? So it's really all asana. It, it's only having body awareness constantly. Mm. I lay in bed at night and I, I, first I take note of how I'm laying in the bed. What does this posture suggest um, according to how I'm wearing my body? Because that's what I am, I'm wearing a body. And as I'm wearing that body, what posture is it in? In bed and I look at it and I go, well, you look like you're tired or you want to curl up into a ball like you want to hide from the world like a little curled up embryo, right? Mm. Or, um, you know, it's just different ways to analyze the body position 
during the waking day. And I do relate it to asana. I go, well, this, I'm laying in my bed and I put one knee out to the side. I'm in an open hip posture, mm. right, on this leg. Helps me fall asleep. Or I wake up and I'm very twisted in the bed. I'm like, this is awesome. This is a giant twist. So good <laughs> for me. I have actually woken up and changed to the other side <laughs> to get the opposite benefit of that posture, <laughs> supine. I'm on my bed, right? But I'm still, what's the difference, right? If I was laying on the floor. So I do the other side. <laughs> I'm not doing a bunch of backbends in bed or throwing my legs up the wall, but no handstands. And in relationship to other people, how do we practice yoga in conversations? How do we... So my new thing hmm. is I want to talk so much. I have so much I've learned. I want to share the perspectives have been so many awesome perspectives from having this position, the seat of health or wellness or good flow in my mind, body, spirit. Um, so then when I'm talking with people in the past, I look at them and I start thinking like, oh, they're not very comfortable. Oh, they seem to be worried right now or I notice what's going on with them. But instead, I, I would try to fix them, like I'm going to adjust them in a yoga posture. I'm going to adjust them with my words or my vibration because I'm so right. And what I realize is, I'm like, that's all fine and good, but how about I ask them some questions? So how I relate to other people now is like, ask questions. Mm. Ask questions. Instead of trying to tell people what to do, I'm just asking them what they would do. And then, this was... This was revolutionary because they tend to blow my mind. If I can just stop and look at this person who is obviously a great guru, I mean anybody, I look at them with that those eyes and I go, oh, they're immensely, eternally wise being. Let's ask them a question. I say, well, what would you do? Mm. They blow my mind. Wow. They blow my mind. And... And it's, it's like I have learned the biggest trick ever. <laughs> I've learned the biggest trick. How to get the most amazing information from the, from the universe or God or from source. I just you have to ask another creature and then let them channel it through. Mm, that really seems to me like it dissolves what we would call our projections or stories about other people. That's right, because everybody else is actually these amazing creatures, and I'm just, maybe I am too, but right at this moment, I'm asking this other person, like, what do you think about this? And they tell me, and I'm like, whoa. The mm. things that people say are so amazing. Mm. And you had said God, universe, spirit, source, you know, whatever it is. How, how do you tap into divinity of I'll use the word Ishvara and how do you hold a sense of compassion for others when talking about this source entity who may feel a little uncomfortable about that higher form of uh, energy living if you will. I mean for me personally the word God used to make me wickedly uncomfortable even just three years ago so I'm curious, how do you find source and connection throughout the course of the day? And how do you relate that to other individuals who may not feel okay. that connection? So that's pretty mental. <laughs> that's a pretty, pretty, that sounded pretty mental. And I get you. 
so I knew this was going to come up in this conversation. Mm. I have to, so let's, I'm just trying to figure out how to illustrate it best without sounding like, like I'm giving some parable out of the past. Mm. So, you know, if I'm going to look at someone and I'm going to decide that they don't know what the absolute is, they don't know what God is, they don't, they have not seen the totality of the universe, the potency of the manifest and the unmanifest, the source and beyond. If they have not, I'm going to suppose that they have not seen that. I just supposed that. Mm. I just looked at another person and somehow assumed that they don't know the big story and that I do. So what that does is it's, it's actually crippling for myself and for them. Okay, it, it's a problem. It's a big problem. Because A, I'm sitting here with this great universal knowledge and perspectives and havingness and I'm in the good graces and and I'm I'm an avatar I'm the chosen one who's bringing this amazing information to share with all humanity and yet I'm surrounded with a humanity that doesn't know this stuff so it's actually very painful how can I possibly teach all this to everyone again today maybe I'm the only person on the earth I'm not so then, what if there was 10,000 other avatar information guru, galactic center, consciousness people preaching out there today? Well, then the Earth is doing pretty good. We got 10,000 of us roaming the planet, right? Versus 7 billion other people that we're trying to tr wake them up today and get them to understand how to connect to source, how to, how to tune in. Okay, so it's again, it's a big problem. <laughs> That's a big job. It's a big job. That's like trying to snow shovel the mountains with a spoon today. Oh, I better get shoveling the mountains with this spoon, right? I'm all alone or me and these 10,000 people. That's ridiculous. So if I remember, Alec, if I look at anyone and I remember that they also know this, they are it. They are the avatar. They are the guru. They are the absolute. And they know it too. They know it. They've mm -hmm. had vision states. They've had dreams. They've had questions in the mind that they answered through all the sources of information that any library through history could give. They are generation after generation after generation after generation after generation of swami, priestess, uh, shaman who had a child, who brought up that child. We're, we're living in this time when people actually, we all know where we came from, where we are, where we're going. The problem was that we said maybe we don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Beautiful. So, if we don't have the truth if we don't know well that's really uncomfortable hmm. 
Versus when we do have it and we are completely tuned in and sitting in this sweet, sweet, sweet valley on this green earth floating through space, being dragged behind a sun that's being hurtled through space, <laughs> right? Once we acknowledge where we are and what's happening and the intricacies in the microsm and microsm, uh, macrosm, then we're sitting here and we can go, oh, oh, so much comfort when we can come back to center. Be surrounded with people that are experiencing it. And if there is someone today that asks a question, they say, I'm confused, I don't get it, then, you know, give mm. an answer. There's so many answers. Mm. You'd said centered and, and remembering the, you know, the big picture and the grand scheme of things, if you will. In the days where, gosh, we're absorbed in some storyline, in some you know, challenge and Story. say, say we're teachers, you know, we go to teach. What is one of the, you know, tools you've used to redirect that just absorption of energy that's like the me, I, ahamkara storyline that's unfolding into being of service to the world, being of service to those who show up to your classes? Well, so now, now we're back to practicality. Mm. Um, I'm going to have to, so bite-sized pieces, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. fun. those are nuggets, so bite-sized pieces. Now, I do teach asana 10 times a week or more. I do enter the space, other people have come and they sit down, and I don't know why they're there. I don't know if it's because their hip hurts, they're having lower back pain, they want to gain a little bit more of a strength or they want to get to that center. I don't know why they're there, okay? So I look out over the room and I, I start to absorb each person. We have to. You suck them up. You look at their the field of energy around their body and you get information. And you look at how they're holding their body, you get information. Hmm. And so with that, I do have to assume that... Something's wrong. <laughs> okay, if, if something was, everything was right, they probably wouldn't be here in a yoga studio. If everything was so great, they would probably be out having a picnic or riding a bike or like off making art somewhere. But because they're in the yoga studio, I have to assume a few things. A, they're, they're having a, a confusing time in their life and yoga seemed to be the answer. Why? Because mm. that's what happened to me. Or I look at them and I think, oh, they're trying to heal something physical from what's gone on recently in their life. So they showed up to yoga. That was obvious. A doctor said, you need to go. Maybe yoga will help you. Okay, obvious. Why? Because that's also happened to me. Then if there's, maybe they have some form of anguish. They've had loss that they've experienced in their family or their relationships. And something intuitively told them to go to yoga. Well, now I have three different kinds of people throughout my room. Okay? And I'd like to help all three. How does that happen? Well, since they have shown up to a physically oriented class, an asana class, let's just get them moving through asana. There also might be a theme that evolves, a story that can be rewoven through the class as the sequence of postures is happening. But mostly what happened is 
I was put at the front of the class, like I'm the driver. I could just teach an asana class. I don't have to have a theme. I don't have to use very open psychic faculties and absorb people's energy bodies and try to help on a much deeper level. Mm. I can, or I could keep it simple and let silence do it. I could keep it simple, let the asana movements do it to wring out their spine, to move their side bodies and their legs and their arms and get the blood flow moving. Mm. It's all going to work. Even if it was just asana, it would work. If we sat on the floor and we just chanted for an hour, that would work also, but some people really, they came for movement. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do movement. Mm -hmm. Another day, different situation, we might do far less movement and do a yin-oriented class. It would still arrive in the same place. It would be mm -hmm. quiet, peaceful, nervous system is wound down, parasympathetic nervous system has been experienced. And for one hour I got to drive the ship, and after that I'm going to leave. <laughs> I'm going to lock the studio up, I'm going to go uh, get in my truck, and I'm going to go on with chores and duties. And What one of those three people experienced in the room, I don't know. Uh -huh. I don't know. Sometimes they get up to leave, and they look, and they say, thank you, in this way that really meant it happened. The, the miracle happened. They get it. Some center happened, and they're like, I got it. Thanks. And other times, there's no eye contact, and they disappear. And you think, oh, God, what happened? They hate me, or mm -hmm. they hate this studio, or that was too much. We should have just done asana, or <laughs> we shouldn't have chanted Om three times in the beginning. That was too strange for them or something but in the end opening the studio sitting on the floor seeing who comes and all the reasons people come use the methods that seem intuitive om three times in the beginning or don't do three sun a's or only do one have a more ashtanga varied sequence or have it be this other way it doesn't matter do the thing close it up, put a nice little bow on it, <laughs> and go home. Because it it will have done a lot. We may or may not get feedback on it. And uh, like I said, to answer your question, I had to suppose something. When they all sat down, I had to suppose they're there for a reason. And there's usually only so many reasons people are going to wind up showing up to yoga. Hmm. They want to get back to center hmm. ultimately ultimately they're not out of center they just think they are hmm. even when we're in a painful sequence a painful situation in our lives we're not actually lost we're not actually abandoned we're not alone this isn't the worst thing ever unless it is of course but it's not the end, and, and, you know, there's always tomorrow. And that's easy to say to somebody in this tone. It's difficult to say to somebody who's in pain. It's difficult to say to someone who's in anguish that it's going to be okay tomorrow. Oh, the sun will come out tomorrow, and it's going to be beautiful, and go eat some kale and have a nice day. Right? Because they won't understand. They're, the pain is very real. Mm -hmm. And the aloneness is real. The anguish is real. And so... Sometimes we just have to set up a nice studio. 
Mm-hmm. You just set up a nice environment, play some nice music, you know, and uh, get them rolling. Have a nice voice. Yeah. And that's plenty. It's compassion. It's compassion. You just have to care a lot. It's mm. just caring a lot. Mm. But one day, the ultimate is to sit there and realize everybody's fine. And these are actually amazing spirit, spiritual people sitting in front of me who have come to be my teacher. I am not driving this bus. I'm just sitting at the front of the room. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting at the front of the room and these people have shown up. So I can believe that I'm their teacher. <laughs> they're like my personal angels, and they're so random who shows up. They've all sat down to be like, so we're just here to validate your existence again. <laughs> Teach us some yoga. So it sounds to me like, you know, in those moments when we are in, gosh, the deepest of pain in our hearts, whatever has happened, I think that, you know, is inevitable where a challenge will arise, and it's all in perspective. But when we feel broken and deep deep down at the root we're not broken but we feel broken how maybe we are broken but how, how do we how do we fix ourselves with yoga how do we find healing what tools well we you use? we already did we already did we already chose to do something mm. i don't even care if you call it yoga i don't care if you call it gardening or kung fu or making a meal for somebody or yourself you already took an initiative Mm. there was willpower involved to pick yourself up and initiate something Mm. it doesn't matter whether it's yoga it doesn't matter if it's gardening or or bird watching it was an initiative there was a decision to get up and and heal and get right get righter get -er. (laughs) better shift change take a step in a better direction. That choice alone, that's significant. I think willpower, dude, is so amazing. People and their will to do something is is fantastic. I feel that my daily will power that I have to move through, I don't want to use the have to, that I get to move through, is getting out of bed at 5.30 in the morning sometimes to get on my mat and saying, yes, I will. I will not sleep in just today I will I'll practice I'll get up mm-hmm. I think that for me that at least that takes a lot of willpower to get out of bed <laughs> hmm. so it can seem very complex um, to establish a lifestyle and to be disciplined and to keep doing it for years and years and years and years and at some point personally the, the decision was obvious right I didn't want to be in pain in really emotional pain and mental pain. Uh, physically, I've always been pretty well. Um, but to establish ourselves and do a practice every day and to have a lifestyle that's seated in a, in a healthy lifestyle and, and uh, try to enjoy life more, right? Try to enjoy life more. I want to enjoy life more. Then what if after 15 years, 20 years, you've been doing it one way? Well, what is next? That's really the question. What's next? It already worked. It's been going good. I don't have enemies. I don't have as, my problems are very minimal compared to what I used to create in my life. Um, I've attracted great community, lots of people, you know, everybody likes me and it's a nice, you know, it's a nice lifestyle. It's pretty good, you know? 
Um, but after 15, 20 years, when we sit back, we're like, look at where it's gotten. Do I need to press forward as I have been? Why would you really need to do arduous asanas twice a day if you've already attained what they have to give? Why would you need to chant 108 times around a mala over three times or four times or five times every day when you already attained their potency? Wouldn't you really just have to sing it once right now hmm. to get right into that quality? So 15, 20 years, so I, I ask, you know, I'm like, look at these masters who came before us. Look at these people who are 80, 90 years old and have a lifetime of practice and a lifetime of being situated like this. What do they have? What do they know? What do they have to do? What is their experience? So that's, that's a great question. It's a great question. Where is this going? <laughs> if it, I just wanted to get out of pain, great. If I wanted to get out of suffering, have less suffering, great, it worked. Mm. But how, how much do I have to do all day to prove that I'm still in the yoga zone? How much do I have to teach? How many classes a day do I have to teach to be a, a real yoga teacher? One, five classes a day, good luck. Anyone that teaches five classes a day knows how long that lasts. <laughs> it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. It, it is quite a lifestyle to teach up to 17 classes a week and mm -hmm. practice at least once a week, uh, once a day on your mat. <laughs> You're essentially, hard. you've never left the yoga studio and you eat uh, out of a lunchbox all day. And everything is about like trying to get enough calories to do your next yoga class, teaching or taking. <laughs> right? There's more to life than this. There's more to life. There's still gardening, bird watching. <laughs> There's still building fireplaces and having relationships where nobody even talks about yoga. Mm. There's so many ways to be in yoga life tribe lifestyle the qualities that it it brings forth without ever having to put on yoga pants hmm. so what is yoga what isn't mm. so of what we hear behind us we hear these crickets and stuff mm. do you really need to go up to that cricket and say like hey cricket are you centered today are you in your yoga? And it's like, of course I am. I was never out of my yoga. It's like saying to a fish, can you please explain water? And the fish is like, what's water? <laughs> right? It was born in water. It lives its whole life in water. And it's going to die in water. And we're asked to explain yoga, which is our water. Hmm. We're asked to explain God, which is the water. So I don't want to be rude. But it seems like anybody that needs to label it and compartmentalize it and to create a new style of, of religion, house, thing, and say you don't have it until you come to our house. You don't know it till you come to our temple because we've got it and you don't. Mm. They're telling us that they know what water is. 
and all the water that we swim around in is no good. Hmm. Why? Well, because maybe they believed it. They have something really good. Everybody who's created a good house of learning and experience and healing and medicine and spirituality and religion, they're all good. They're all good. And anytime anybody thinks they are without, they can come to any of these houses and get within. They can come home and they can sit there and go, yeah, I knew it the whole time. You can go do a thousand million chaturangas and then go, oh, I earned this shavasana. But you already did. Mm. But often we have to prove it to ourselves. Right. Hmm. What are some of the most valuable components that make up your own yoga practice and then weave it all together in your own practice, oh personally? God. It's filling up my lungs. <laughs> filling up my lungs. I breathe very shallow mm. a lot of the time. I'm, I'm very mental. I, 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 I'm in my mind a lot. And uh, anytime I just remember to take a big, sweet breath, and I hope that sounds cliche. <laughs> but I'll tell you, it's extremely potent. It's lovely. My brain lights up and my body relaxes. And I'm like, oh, my God, I took one breath today. Good job. <laughs> one breath. You know, and other things occur. Um, you know, just like really watching. I'm, I was here. I, I was brought up, Alec, through the old school. Like believing that I'm one of few who was here to help the many that was the old paradigm that I was raised in like you know I'm a I'm a creature who is prepped and primed and schooled to come and help heal more people and to help get them out of suffering so I'm I it's difficult for me to get out of that matrix of mm -hmm. understanding I will I still look through that perception every day and every day a little bit more it loosens up I'm not actually here to fix the world anymore I'm here to get to live in it the world's not a bad place there's some things going on in the world that are not awesome but it doesn't mean that that's how the world is mm. and so I was raised very very deep belief that the world is a bad place and that we all have to do our part to fix it. So that was my base matrix. And, you know, that's hard. Mm -hmm. That's a rough way to, to teach a kid about the world. Yeah. And that I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a long way, many days in this life. And I feel like I did a great job. I did everything every day I could to help everybody as much as I could. Every breath was for other people. And now every breath is like... Whoa, I remember to take a breath. I should take one for me because the world is fine. People are fine. Maybe they want to be a little confused. It makes it more entertaining. You know, it's some color. How are you? I'm great except for the things that suck, you know? like. <laughs> and then we laugh a little bit because we know that the truth is everything's great. So much goodness. Mm -hmm. And there's some things that are screwy. Yeah. And so we, we all monitor that. We all monitor the weird, screwy stuff, and we try to make it right. We pick up garbage. We pat somebody else on the back and tell them they're doing a good job today. 
we remind each other through our eye contact about what compassion is and respect and we bow our heads to each other and to other creatures and you know we give reverence and 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 that's because we know everything's fine really but it doesn't mean I won't wake up tomorrow and try to fix the world. Because I will. That's just deep programming. What's well, a beautiful program. Get out there and fix the world. It's the, the, the great seva, right? How can, I, how can we better serve one another today? Yeah. Well, it comes from a feeling of that I've been taken care of. Mm. Something has taken care of me. Is this somewhere where you're able to find daily beauty in life? Absolutely. You know what it is? It's that I love this so much. I love, I love people. I love them so much I hate them. You know? I love them so much, but I hate that they're confused today. I hate that they are suffering today. I wish I had big enough arms to just extend, you know, and like remind people instantly with a, I don't know. See, I'm imagining again that people have suffering, and I guess I need to imagine people don't have suffering. Ah, the illusion. The illusion. The illusion is like I'm, 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 I'm gonna make someone fall in love today because I know what love is. So I'm gonna go find someone that appears to not be in love, and I'm gonna charm them into love. And then they'll look at me and say, you made me feel like this. That's a funny little thing, you know? <laughs> and it's a lot of work. It just seems like it'd be better to sit back and be like, yeah, lovely, you know, like good times. Hmm. Wow. I love the conversations that we get to share. Channeling whatever is to come. There's more. I mean, like, we just beat around the same bush <laughs> for the last half an hour. Yeah. We really talked about the same thing. Totally. And we relate it to yoga because yoga is a, a fantastic thread mm. that we can sew things up with this yoga thread. Right, right. And make this great cloth, you know. Mm. And in the thread. end, in traditional yoga studies, you know, everyone that came before us actually provided the answers. They wrote everything down. They created a way to observe and to have this thread to weave through things. We just get to sit back and open books and enroll at spiritual schools and sit with other people who have other parts of the thread, right? We're really just here enjoying it. I don't know if there's anything new for us to channel except that, well, there is. We are in a new time on this planet. It did come, you know, the age of Aquarius is post uh, procession of the equinox. And so it is a much easier time. There's a lot of people trying to forget that the world was a darker place. Right. It was a darker place, but it's not now. Mm. And it'll continue getting better. And we'll keep getting our minds blown by these people on the come up who are so clear and so intuitive that uh, there's more days of enjoyment, you know? Yeah. More days of enjoyment. Hmm. Well, Richie, one more question. What is a final nugget that we, our listeners can go on their days with that you would love to, to offer a golden, golden nugget? 
Hmm. Hmm. Always. I do have a. I do have a mental frame that I use every day. I keep this mental frame open in case someone asks that question. What is the the nugget compartment? Right? The big old nugget jar full of the best of the best and it's like we wind up, I don't know, there's so many. Don't believe everything you think. Mm. Don't believe everything you think. We spend a lot of our waking hours reinforcing our reality based on what we have reinforced our reality with. We spend a lot of our waking day trying to fix or trying to get some sympathy for how hard our life is. And everybody knows life can be hard. We all know it's, it's a lot to get out of bed and to get moving and to organize and to get things set straight to that. Just remember where you're going. Just keep your eyes on the prize and, uh, and let's get there, right? The, uh, there's a master that says, you should be that. It's where you're going. So if we can see it in the mind, we can make it reality. And if we think it's missing, what we have to ask is, is it really? And if we think that it's a lot of thinking, right? Don't believe everything you think. Mm. Don't believe everything you think. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Richie, for sharing space with me always. I appreciate you in my life. I appreciate you. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to the Yoga Revealed podcast and sharing the conversation of yoga with Richie Jai. If you're interested in practicing with Richie, check out The Little Yoga Studio and Radiance Power Yoga in Boulder, Colorado for weekly classes. If you haven't signed up for the Yoga Revealed newsletter, please do so by visiting yogarevealed.com and hit subscribe. The Yoga Revealed team is elated to develop the Yoga Revealed book club. Hear more about this and exciting events this summer through the newsletter. Until next time, love life and shine on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.